Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, are you ready for the word this evening? Let's pray and then uh, get into the word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Wednesdays are dedicated to prayer school. And uh, I do hope that you are going through your notes again after the teachings. And most importantly, putting into practice what is being taught. And uh, we stopped last session on the root of prayerlessness, why people do not pray. We talked about the root of prayerlessness. Why is it that people do not pray? First of all, we said it is rooted in pride. The fact that many people think they can get going in life by their own strength. And uh, the fact that that pride also manifests itself as having several alternatives to getting your life going. That is why when people come to their wit's end or when they come to the end of exhausting everything, they, they fall into the hands of God or they start taking prayers very serious. The second thing we talked about was what? I didn't hear that? Business. We can be a bit louder. Business. Business. <clears throat> And we say people have time for other things, but they don't have time for prayers. Uh, there are many of you who came in. I can see some of you in your coveralls. And some of you came also from work where you don't wear coveralls. But there are people who could have been here and they'll feel like, but I'm already tired from walking. And you know, that's not an excuse not to be in fellowship. Praise the name of the Lord. So, uh, when we say people are busy, it almost looks like some people have time. No. Uh, People are busy. Everyone is busy. Whether busy foolishly or busy wisely, but they are busy. You know, you can be busy and not be productive. That's being busy foolishly. Uh, You can even be busy causing trouble, but you're busy. It's just that the end product of your busyness is trouble. And, And so... If someone is called, there's no no word like that, but let's use it because we understand it. If someone is called a prayer warrior, it's not because the person has more time to pray. It is because the person has dedicated himself or herself to what? To prayers. And so, it's important that if we want to be people of prayer, we have to give time to prayer. And what you give your time to, you become better in. 
the first time I preached, uh, my, my pastor then in Church of God Mission in a little village called Iede, Pastor Obiegbedi was his name, gave me the opportunity to preach as a young, young chap. Uh, he told me that I was going to preach for 40 minutes thereabouts. But in 10 minutes, I, I, he told me I was going to preach for 40 minutes. I was, I was young then, way young. I, I prepared for almost a week. By 10 minutes, the week sermon was done. I was finished in 10 minutes. That was my first time probably to preach before people. But as I, as I started preaching and I preached more and I preached more and I preached more and I preached more, I can preach for two hours. I've preached for two hours. I've preached for one hour, 45 minutes. It's not because it's a special talent or because God just called me. It's because I'm exercising myself all the time. So if you are struggling to pray, it is actually because you have not exercised yourself over time. And some of you exercise yourself after messages like this. You just get angry. As I go home now, no prayer, no food. You know, you start all those things and... Uh, by next week, you are forgotten. And so you start from square one. So if you are going to be a person of prayer, you must dedicate time to prayer. Now, we're going to look at the example. So I'm, I'm just going to pick some fundamentals from the life of Elijah and then the life of Jesus and show you some very practical things. And then we're going to spend time to pray again as we did last Wednesday. If you go with me, please, to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. And verse 16, I will share a few things, but I will get onto something. And I'm deliberately going very slowly so we can follow this thing because I don't want to rush this over. I want your prayer life to be impacted by these teachings. In James chapter 5 and verse 15, uh, or let's look at verse Let's, let's start from verse 13. It will help us to understand the context. Is anyone among you suffering? Don't be tempted to say yes. <laughs> is anyone among you suffering? What is the prayer? <laughs> what is the result? What, did it, what is the biblical solution to addressing suffering? Begging? Complaining? So if someone comes to meet you and says, I'm suffering a lot, what should we tell the person from the Bible? You put a lot there. If the suffering is a lot, then pray a lot. But many people do not want this. If, if someone tells you he or she is suffering and you, you do not you do not show empathy in that sense. You should, but you do not show empathy the way the person wants empathy to be shown. They get angry. If you tell them, well, pray. They say, I've been praying. The Bible says that if anyone among you, that means that uh, James recognized that there will be people in the church that would suffer or going through suffering, whatever the suffering is. He says, he must pray. The word must shows that it is not optional. Am I right? If I use the word must, it's almost saying 
you have to. Am I right? Am I right with that? Is anyone among you suffering? He must pray. He must pray. Then, is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. You realize he did not say he must sing praises. Right? Because you can be cheerful and decide not to sing. You can be smiling in your mind. But to live suffering, you must pray. It's not optional. You have to pray. Many of us have not understood the, the power of prayer. And we haven't really seen the power of prayer in full manifestation yet. And that's why the constant encouragement to pray because we actually, like I said before, grew up where we saw prayer as just something that will make God happy with us. But our life have not really been based on prayer. Are you still here? Now, he goes on to say, verse 14, Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to do what? Come, follow me tonight. They are to do what? Pray over him. Can you can you us that the way to deal with the two issues is through prayer? If you are suffering, you're not sick at that time, you can still pray for yourself. He says pray, you must pray. But if you are sick in such a way that you know that, yeah, I can't pray for myself. He says then call for the elders of the church. Don't get angry that the elders of the church did not visit you when you were sick. No, you called them people from church. They just prayed and went away like that. Is it prayer? Because they don't understand the Bible. And that's why sometimes it's difficult to pastor because people don't want to be pastored the way the word of God says they should be pastored. They have their own uh, image of who a pastor is. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying the church shouldn't give out finances and welfare and all of that but when you call for the elders of the church the the priority is to pray for you let's go on it says they are to pray over him no and anoint him with oil all right in the name of the lord jesus in the name of the lord jesus and then it says the next verse go to verse 15 and the prayer offered in faith. The prayer offered in faith. It's not the anointing oil, but the prayer offered in faith. Will restore the one who is sick. The recommendation of prayer. James so believed in it. That he says, if the elders of the church will pray in faith, that man will be restored. So for them, prayer was not optional. Prayer was a solution they believed so much in to get answers. And it goes to say, even if he has committed any sin, they will be forgiven him. The prayer of faith. Now, I believe God helping us by next Wednesday, we'll talk about different kinds of prayer. 
Because here it talks about the prayer of faith. There's a prayer of faith, there's a prayer of intercession, there's a prayer of supplication, there's a prayer of agreement. And all of them have different rules by which those prayers should be conducted. Then he goes on to say, Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Talking about relationship, communal relationship within the church. Confess your sins one to another and pray for one another so that you might be healed. Why are you going ahead of me? Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so you may be healed. Your prayer for one another is so effective that James says it will bring healing. Now, recognize something here which is very important. James does not reference this prayer just again, verse 16, not with the elders of the church, but the prayers for one another are going to be so effective that it will produce healing. Now, when we come to church, uh, when we come to church, we catch up, right? We, that's what we do most times, which is good. We want to socialize. We look at our hairstyles. We, uh, oh, I haven't seen this hair before. Who did this hair? Who did this, your cloth? Uh, you know, we try to do all the natural catching up. Uh, oh, I called you. You did not pick. Uh, what were you doing? Oh, I was eating that time. Oh, you were eating and you didn't call me. Anyway, we do all those natural catching up. But the church was designed in such a way that... When we come together and we gather together, a brother should be able to tell someone, I'm going through this issue, I need you to pray alongside with me. That, that's the design. When we come together, we should pray for one another. But you realize that we have so turned the church to a place where you say, ah, I don't want to tell anybody my problem. Before they will now be using my problem to now discuss. Let me manage. Yeah, and then you hear very funny things. As our faces are, so we have different problems. Your face is wide, so is your problem wide. Your face is small, so I mean, and, and we grow up again. Instead of building a community, we come into isolation. But praying for one another is recommended in scriptures and scripture says that if we pray for one another healing will come forth but don't forget that before we are to pray for one another we are to confess our sins one to another because it's just mental essence then he goes on to say the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. I want you to think of that phrase. The effective prayer. The word effective in the Greek there is also the word fervent. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. I want you to think about that. Think about what the scripture says can happen if a righteous man prays. Think that's a very big statement there. 
that if an, if a righteous man prays effectively, much can be accomplished. That means for the child of God, prayer is a means of accomplishing much. And if you're not accomplishing a lot in your life, you've got to check your prayer life. And I was sharing today, and I start devotion, and I'll say it again. Sometimes we think we are doing much because we compare ourselves to people who are doing less. Praise the name of the Lord. You know there are some people who are not very tall. Okay? Now, they might think they are not very tall. Then they go somewhere, and they see somebody who they are taller than. Then you will hear them say, I think I'm not as short as people think. You know why they said that? Because they have met people that what? They're taller than. But then when you now meet people like my son, you now realize that you are a long way from victory. So who you compare yourself to, we shouldn't, but who you compare yourself to is very important. If you compare yourself to Jesus, you will strive more. If you compare yourself to your carnal friend, you will think you are doing all right. Some people are trying to disciple others when they have not been discipled. You see, I'm encouraging him spiritually. Then you realize that one day both of you are discouraged. You will not be crying for each other. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, are you still here? So it says, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Everyone say, can accomplish much. Now, some other translation uses this phrase, makes much power available. Now, it tells us, that translation tells us how the process of accomplishing much happens. What happens? Power is made available. Power is made available to produce results. So this is what happens when I am praying, I am causing, remember what we said on Wednesday, the kingdom of heaven to be on earth as it is in heaven, the will of God to be on earth as it is in heaven. So what prayer actually is, is I am replicating heaven on earth. Because in Deuteronomy, the Lord Yahweh told them that your days will be as the days of heaven on earth. So, prayer is causing the will of God to be done on earth. If you want to, listen, you cannot work in the fullness of the purposes of God, in the fullness of the plan of God with a prayerless life. Whatever your prayer life is right now, there's much more that will be done in your life if you will give more time to prayer. No matter what you've seen. No matter how much favor you've enjoyed, no matter how much success you've enjoyed, if you will give much more time to prayer, and, and remember now, remember now, not just prayer, just prayer for praying's sake. Prayer based on the word. Effective prayer. Now, when, when uh, James says this, he goes on to give us an example of a man. He talks about this, then he shows us a man that this happened true. I, I was reading, um, I was reading a story. I think it's in my 
book, Pray for Us. I think I put that story there. There was this missionary that were in danger on the high sea. And the burden to pray came on some of their partners and their members. And they began to pray. And there was no way they would have been delivered from that danger naturally. Naturally. But as they began to pray, they saw themselves supernaturally delivered. Another story, there was this missionary in Africa then who just came into Africa. Then we had all these tribal lords that would kill foreigners. And so these villagers had decided, I think this story is in my book, Pastoring Through Prayers. The villagers had decided that they were going to kill these missionaries. And that time there was a prayer group that was, that was praying for these missionaries. About 11 of them or 12 of them. Either 11 or 12. And they felt a burden to pray. And they began to pray. They began to pray. They began to pray. They began to pray, began to pray until they felt a note of victory. It was later that this missionary was telling them that uh, all of a sudden these tribal leaders that wanted to kill them just ran away out of fear as if they saw something. Later on when one of them got converted, he now told them that as they were preparing to kill them, they saw all of a sudden 11 people appeared around this man, heavily guarded with swords. What happened? That was angels being released. Much power was made available. If a church takes time to pray for a pastor, effectively, nothing can actually happen to that pastor. Are you following that? But these prayers has to be picked up. You know, sometimes when the Lord wakes you, get up and pray, and you postpone it, you don't know what God wants to use you to achieve that time. Someone's life might be in danger. Someone might be going through and you pick up that burden in the spirit. What God is trying to do is walking through you to get something done in the life of that person. What God is trying to do is making power available for that person. So something can be done. Sometimes you feel a burden in your heart. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. And that's why you've got to, uh, I believe uh, God, the Holy Spirit of God will help me to get there. That's why you have to train your body to respond to prayer promptings. You might be eating like this and you feel a body to pray. Don't let me just finish this chicken. What, is it not energy somebody who used to pray? No. Timing is important in the realm of the Spirit. Learn to respond to the promptings of prayer. Are you still here? Sometimes the image of people flash up in your mind and you feel like oh pray about them well just go ahead and pray because what the holy spirit is trying to achieve is using you to achieve something are you following what i'm saying making power available making power available how much power you make available in your life is not determined by god it's determined by you now he gives us an example what's the example he gives us the man elijah Verse 17 says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Because when you uh, read 
the accomplishment of Elijah, you would feel that, oh, Elijah was supernatural. The Bible says, no, he was a man like you. Which means he was hungry like you. He was tired like you. He didn't feel like praying like you. He got angry like you. I don't know what else he did like you, but he was like you. He, he, he had the nature of a man. I, I want you to find, um, see something tonight. Don't, don't see people in the scriptures like they are aliens. They are men like you. If you see something in the scriptures, try for it. You see that this man prayed, say, hi! People can pray. If you read Bible, you will see men praying. You will see women praying. <laughs> they are there as examples. Hallelujah. I said they are there as what? Examples. That's why judgment day will be very interesting. Because as you bring out your excuse, the Lord will bring someone. That's what I... The Lord will bring someone and say, Prince, tell them your story. And that person will tell you a story of how what you're complaining about. They did much more for the Lord with it. Oh God, I couldn't pray because I have four children. Before I would put one to bed and you know, it's a blessing that you gave to us. And you say, train up a child in the way and God will just bring the mother of Charles Wesley. Seven boys. And say, tell her about your prayer life. Only you will judge yourself. You will just say, it's okay, it's okay, I've heard. <laughs> Where should I go, sir? <laughs> Are you, you know, many times the Lord is not, I mean, the Lord, let me leave that. Go to 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Every reason you give for prayerlessness, someone has overcome it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, I walk. By the time I get home, I'm tired. There were miners in those days who prayed. They finished mining and they'll go to the place of prayer. You know, today we complain about church. We've got two services a, a week, right? We've got two services a week, am I right? That's how many services a month? Mathematicians. Eight services a month. How many days in a month? How many days in a month? 30, 31. Okay, let's do, let's do 30. Let's do 31. 30, apart from February, okay? Uh, 8 minus 30. 21? 20, 22. See how many days you have to yourself. 22 days. And remember, when we say we come for fellowship... Eight days in a week is actually four hours times eight, right? Am I right? Yeah, two hours, two hours, four hours. And out of that four hours, I teach for two hours. Because the rest hours, you're giving offering, you're listening to announcements, you're praising, and you're praying. See how limited the time you have for the things of God. That if you do not on your own create time for the things of God, that amount of time we cultivate, use for the things of God in the house of God is not enough to get you to fulfill destiny. And that is 
We are assuming that you are a serious believer who comes to church all the time. Again, we are assuming that you are a serious believer that when you come to church all the time, you are listening to everything that I'm teaching. We are assuming that now. So we can also confidently say that for some Sundays that your mind is not here because your friend who was owing you did not pay you. You didn't hear the message. There are some days that you left church and the bike man made you angry. You forgot the message. Have you, you know, have you gotten so angry you know that you want to do something very wicked? Say, God forgive me first. God forgive me. Let me deal with this issue. And you know, by the time you are done, you've forgotten everything you thought. So you can imagine that if you do not give time to prayers, how much time do we give to prayers in the church? So you realize that if you do not have your own personal prayer life, maybe for the whole month, you're just praying for an hour. Because you add 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here, you come late for opening prayer. Do you understand? By the time you add up, you discover that it's not enough. And you wonder, why is my life going this way? Where else should it go? There's nowhere else for it to go. So he says that he's a man like you. And he prayed earnestly or fervently that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, I want us to go to First um, Kings chapter... Go to chapter 17 first. I'll show you something here. Are you learning something tonight? Thank you, Lord Jesus. First Kings. <laughs> Chapter 17 and verse and verse 1. First Kings 17, verse 1, it says, Now Elijah the Tichbite, who was of the settlers of Gilead, said to Ahab. Now pay attention to this. As the Lord the God of Israel lives, before whom I stand. Now, I want you to observe that phrase, before whom I stand. Because, he says in James, the, the effective prayer of a righteous man. What is righteousness? Right standing with God. Righteousness makes us to be able to do what? To stand with God. Right? Stand in the presence of God without a sense of guilt or condemnation. Okay. So he says, surely there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. Now, you realize that he spoke words. Pay very close attention here. He spoke words. Then he didn't go and sleep. Because most of us have very good confessions about our life, but we have weak prayer life that do not make power available for those confessions to materialize. I know things will work together in my favor. I know this is my month of miracles. We talk a lot. Confession is good. We declare the word. But is there prayer behind those confessions to make those power available? Go to chapter 18. And verse... um, Go to verse... 41. Chapter 18, verse 41. Remember, in chapter 17, verse 1, he says rain was not going to fall. 
And uh, I, if we are talking about, as we go, the Holy Spirit helping us, if we get there, you would know that he didn't just say these words. The Lord had said, Yahweh had said to them, if you go after other gods, there will be no rain in your land. So, Elijah did not just come boastfully to say, at my word, rain will not fall. No, Elijah, Elijah was actually quoting the word that Yahweh had told them already. That if you go after other gods, the rain will not fall. So, what Elijah was actually doing, he took the word of God and spoke it to the people as a prophetic word. Then, he went into the place of prayer and made power available for that word to come to pass. How does that apply to our lives? That's exactly what we're teaching. So, in faith school, you take the word of God and you speak the word of God. The path of the just shall shine brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. You're not just speaking your words. When men say there's a casting down, I would say there's a lifting up. You're not just speaking your word. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So, you speak the word. Now, you have spoken the word. What's the next step? You come to prayer school. You get on your knees and you make power available for that word to come to pass. Because if men are saying there's a casting down and you are saying there's a lifting up, there has to be coordinated activities in the realm of the spirit to cause the lifting up to happen. Are you following this now? So you, when you understand this, you can know that your life is, is going to make progress. You can know that your life is going to make progress. Look at this. Verse 43. Uh, Which verse are we now? 41, right? Now, Elijah said to Ahab, this was now, drought was there and everything. If if you go through the story carefully, you you realize that this was when even um, um, uh, the angels fed Elijah, okay? And all of that. But let's go to for the one. Now Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of the roar of a heavy shower. So the prophet of Baal has been killed and all of that. Verse 42. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. But Elijah went up to the top of Camel and he crushed down on the earth and put his face between his knees. A birthing position. So birthing position. Now I want you to pick something here. I just pray I can go as far as I want to go tonight. But I want you to pick something here. There are words you can say and the people you've spoken those words to can go and eat and drink, but you cannot eat and drink. Are you hearing this? Maybe as a pastor I come and I say, you know, God is going to bless you and as you go, God is going to increase you. You can just go. And as you just go home, just open fire life, cross your leg. Say, pastor, say, it's my year of increase. If I go and also open Father Life, we'll discover that the greatest increase both of us have experienced is that last Father Life that both of us drank. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If I had prophesied that, I go on my knees and make power available. What am I saying? There are things as husbands you will say will not happen in this home. I'm the head of the house, you have said. While your wife is asleep, you get up and make power available. There are things you've said about your children. There are things you've said about your life. You now will let the life be running on its own. Take yourself out of the life 
and pray and make power available. And, and that's why you see people speak a lot, but the results are not in their life. There's no power to generate the level of confession. And that's why for some people, Christianity is frustrating because it's, it, 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 but I said it, but I confessed it. I've only said this. It's not one thing that makes for success in life. It's a combination of many things. Prayerlessness will always result in the failure of the believer. That's how far people's prayer can carry you. Praise the name of the Lord. So he said to Ahab, eat and drink. But Elijah went up and did that. Verse 43. He said to his servants, go up now. Look towards the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. <laughs> you know this kind of servant, they are not for faith confession. Hmm? Hey, hey, look, look. Is rain coming? I cannot see anything. No. He didn't say, uh, Master, I believe rain is coming. No, because at this time, it is about praying what you have declared into tangible manifestation. And I'll show you something here. I'll show you something here. This is where sometimes believers make mistakes. There are things God has promised you. There are things God has said to you. Remember the Lord gave us a prophetic word. Was it last Wednesday? And we said we're going to pray on that word. What are we doing? We're making much power available to make that word come to pass. Are you hearing this? Have you ever have you ever promised don't raise your hand but have you ever promised to help someone right? Your, your mind wants to really help them. Then certain things now came up and you discover that you don't have the capacity to help them again. Have that happened? Okay, because I say you should not raise your hand. You can open your mouth. <laughs> but has that happened? It's happened to us. So, your words were said with the right heart, but you lack the capacity to back up your word. If I tell you today, is this an example? That at the close of service, I'm going to give you 2,000 naira. If you, if you doubt, that means something will be wrong. Because you should not doubt at this stage that I can afford 2,000 naira. Right? Oh, you are doubting. <laughs> <laughs> Even in the example, I'm not worthy of 2,000. Do you understand that? Why? Because you know that I have the capacity, right? But if I say, uh, I'm going to give you $1 million. You see, you see how dollars made all of you to, to feel lighter? <laughs> you will want to clarify. You say, Pastor, is it an example or real? Do you understand? Because now the challenge is... You are looking at capacity. You're really looking at capacity here. But there are some ministers of the gospel that will say that you would not doubt their capacity. Are you following what I'm saying? So, confession and capacity to cause things to come to pass are two different things. What prayer does is that it causes, it releases the power of God for your confessions to begin to come to pass. Praise God. Now, he says, go back seven times. That means Elijah knew that God would hear him. Elijah knew that this thing was going to come into manifestation. So for him, it wasn't like, I'm going to take no for an answer. It wasn't like, oh, well, we don't know. Let us pray and see what God will do. They said, no, 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 no. Rain is going to fall. So he prayed. He goes. He prays. He goes. He prays. He goes. He checks. I'm going to talk about that 
if we have the time, you must understand that there are things in your life you have to be persistent about for you to see the manifestation. Alright? So you take some scriptures. And I did that many years ago where favor is concerned. They were, they were years in my life. I prayed. I prayed. And today, I walk in the favor of God. You pray it into your life. You, you are on it until you see the manifestation of it. There was a scripture God gave me two years ago concerning the ministry, concerning the assignments is given to us in the nations, and I've been praying only that scripture. You, most of us are too quick to change prayer points. There is no one scripture you can open and say, this scripture is working in my life. You haven't labored over it. You know, some of you want, you know, to... So, let me tell you the way it works. If you want the favor of God to work in your life, you can take all the scriptures in favor, right? And meditate on them and confess them. But there should be one, one scripture that stands out out of all of those scriptures that becomes your prophetic word where that is concerned and you pray that and you pray it and you pray it and you pray it until, this is what I'm saying, you pray it until you begin to see signs of favor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You literally begin to see that things just, people just, things just begin to happen. That's when you, you can even, then you now walk in it. It becomes your lifestyle. Then you can stop in that sense because then the rain has come on that scripture in your life. Look at this. It says, it, it came about the seventh time, verse 44, that it said, Behold, as a cloud as small as a man's hand is coming up from the sea. And he said, Go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot. And what happened? In a little while, the sky grew black with clouds and wind and there was heavy charge. So literally, after the prophetic word, Elijah had to birth this and he did it persistently. He did it consistently, listen to this, until he saw physical manifestation. You know, for us, once we pray one month and we don't see manifestation, what happens? We're tired. If God is God, and God really say He is the God He is, the God who will part the red, leave parting of Red Sea now, just <laughs> stay there. It, it's like knowing, you know, if you've got dogs, right? If you've got dogs, and you call them, and they don't show up. Do you just go like, ah, this dog, I don't know, and you go home? No, you keep calling. You keep calling, you keep calling, you keep calling, until the dog shows up. And if the dog does not show up after a while, you wonder, is the dog dead? We give up too soon. Some of you know how long it took you to get your wife. You tried the first time, they blocked you. Then you opened another account. Then you say, it's me again. <laughs> and, and sometimes your wife accepted you out of frustration, just tired. You are, Harry, is that what you did? <laughs> huh? Sometimes the girl said, no, I don't want. Say, you will want. <laughs> persistence. So you have persistence within you, but you're only using it for women affairs. <laughs> not your own life, not your destiny. You're persistent. And you go with all the tricks and go with all, and wear this person out, and finally you are married. And one day you look at her in the eyes and say, you. <laughs> ah, but you trouble me. Are you following that? That's persistence. So persistence you know that the answer will be yes. Although the signs, and then you begin to get little signs. Right? Then one day you call. 
He now say, well, what are you saying, sir? What, what do you really want? He say, ah! He say, once he tell you that thing, a small sign, no? Then you press on. So when you see the signs, you press on. You press on. Then one day, during your birthday, say, so what will you like for birthday? Say anything. You already know me, so anything. And then, Eja. Are you following that now? That's persistence. Because if you go and ask a girl out once, <laughs> and she say no, I say you go, go. You will not be married. Are you following what I'm saying? Because the chances of getting yes at your first trial is, except you're a celebrity, is and you're not, <laughs> is slim. But persistence makes you to press on. Praise the name of the Lord. Even if the Lord had told you that that is your wife, sometimes the Lord will tell you, and the woman will say, the Lord has not told me. You now go and press the Lord. Speak. <laughs> say, talk to her. <laughs> Reveal yourself, Lord. <laughs> Are you following that now? Now, we easily, now let me tell you, when we want something in the natural, we are persistent. But spiritually, we give up too easily. Some of you, there are things you wanted to buy. You saved up the money. You ate the money. You saved it up. You spent it. You saved it up. Uh, your grandmother died. You buried your grandmother. But after four years, you still bought it. He said, finally, I bought this shoe. Persistence. But when it comes to prayer, we're quick to give up on God. We're very quick to give up on God. If you, will, if you will see much result in prayers, you must be in the place of prayer for certain prayers, for certain things in your life to be bettered. And from day one, make up your mind that this thing, I'm getting the answer. So the devil already knows he cannot wear you out. There are prayer points I've carried from year to year. And I say, Lord, until I see this manifested. There are certain regions that I'm praying about that the Lord will open the door for us. The doors are not yet open, but they will open. You keep pressing in, especially when you know it's the will of God for you. You keep pressing in, you keep praying, you keep pressing in. Now, quickly, go to... um, Have you learned anything here? All right, so let me see my notes. Uh, Let's look at a very quick example in the life of Jesus. Go with me to... <laughs> Mark chapter 1. Verse 35. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, let's... Let me see something. Okay, hold on. Go with me to Matthew 26, verse 37. Go to Matthew first. Matthew 26 and verse 37. Are you there? Are you there? Okay. This was Jesus. Uh, Jesus was about to die, right? Here. And he took him, Peter, and two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. So hold your place there. Hold your place in Matthew 26. We'll come back there. Go to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. Let's make a U-turn and we'll come back here. Hold your place in Matthew. Go to Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7. In the days, talking about Jesus, in the days of his flesh, that's talking about uh, 
as a human being. Remember, we, saw, we said about Elijah that he's a man of like passion. Okay? So this was Jesus as man. In the days of his flesh, he offered up both prayers and supplication. We'll talk about this when we talk about the kinds of pr- prayer. What's supplication? Who with loud crying, look at how Jesus prayed, with loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death. He, he prayed with loud crying and tears to the one who is able to save him from death. Jesus already knew, he had said, um, keep this body in the grave, in three days time I'm going to pick it up. Right? He says, no man can do anything for me, my life is in. And he knew all of that, but to go to the process of the cross, he had to make power available to go through the cross. So when he, when he was faced with that destiny moment, the first thing Jesus said to know that he was in the days of his flesh was, Lord, my will is that this cup will pass. So if Jesus had not spent that time in prayer, he would not have been able to go to the cross. I wanted to show you from the life of Jesus. He had to pray himself to be able to accept the will of God. Some of you need to pray yourself to accept the will of God. You know, God is putting in your heart, this is who you are. This is who you should be. Carnality is drawing you. Carnality is drawing you. You have to pray. If not, you will live your whole life as a carnal Christian. You know, sometimes people not following the Lord, if you talk to them, you see they really want to follow the Lord. But their will cannot surmount carnality. You hear people say, I know God is really, I know, oh God, the way God is just touching me, God is just touching me, God is just touching me. My friend, respond to the touch. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And it comes by spending time in prayer. Look at this. And he was heard because of his piety. The, the word there is godly fear or reverence. So there are other things that are to answers to prayer. There was a godly reverence for God. Okay, now go, go to Matthew 26. Let's see this process in the natural, praise God. And this is where we're going to pray tonight. So we just want to pray one prayer tonight that we will be submitted to the will of God. And he took, took with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. So grieving is a natural emotion. Okay, grieving and being distressed is a natural emotion. His soul was heavy. Then he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. So Jesus said his soul was grieved. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. So he, he looked at it. It was tough for him. There are certain things that God is asking you to do right now and it's tough for you. Certain relationships, God is asking you to stop, but it's tough for you. Certain spiritual commitment, God wants you to make, it's tough for you. You know, sometimes when the Lord asks us to stop certain relationships, it's tough for us because our souls have already been entangled. So your soul is grieved. Praise the name of the Lord. You have to pray your way out of that. You have to pray your way out of that. Some of you know if you leave certain relationships, you will serve God more. Yeah, and it's not easy for you to live. And we know it's not easy, but you have to pray your will out of that. Some of you have certain habits that you need to pray your way out. You've done the confessions, but make power available where that is concerned. 
Let's go on. It says, And he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. May you not have this kind of prayer partners? Will you say amen? amen? And he said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for one hour. Look at the people Jesus took to pray. Three matured men say, Hey guys, let's pray for one hour. And that's why, you know, sometimes when you say, I have a prayer partner, ensure that the partner is praying. Oh, that's true. You know, a lot of you like prayer partners. Ensure that they are praying. <laughs> you know, even these days of technology, you can be praying with someone. The person you have asleep. And you know, for us as Pentecostals, all you need to do is person pray just to say, Shala, ba, 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 and maybe the person is sleeping. Yes, barada, 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 Ah, my prayer partner is on fire. Yes, sleeping fire. You know, sometimes, and I'll talk about this. You know, sometimes we use tongues to cover lack of prayers. It's not effectual. Because if you just speak in tongues, your mind is not there. And that's why you see sometimes people are praying and they are doing stuff. Maybe I'll talk about that because our time is gone next Wednesday about the life of Jesus. If you really want to pray prayers that will get things done. There are prayers you can pray and you're doing other things. You understand that? Just fellowshipping with the Lord. You're washing, you're praying in tongues. But if you're serious about your life, you can, use, you can make power available with that for your life to go further. You've got to separate yourself. And give yourself to proper prayers. All this prayer you are praying, you know, you are cleaning, cleaning windows, you know, you, you know, you are praying, you know, cleaning windows, cleaning windows, and then cockroach for you say, Jesus. And, and your husband thinks you are praying in the name of Jesus, and you just shut it out of here. And then from there you now stop. Say, hey, come and help me remove this cockroach. You have stopped prayer. You were praying now. Then you now do the funeral of the cockroach, finish, bury it. Go make sure it's far. Oh, make sure it's far. And then they go, hey, Father, where did we stop before cockroach came in? But you, 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 you won't go far. You make progress, but not as much progress as you have been designed to make. Are you following this? All right. Are you still here? Are you learning something from prayer school? Verse 40, and he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And said to Peter, so men, you could not keep watch with me for one hour. Now, what this tells us is that that time, naturally, uh, sleep was upon them. Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That is our problem. The flesh is weak. The flesh was not designed for prayer. It says pray so you will not fall into temptation. That means that prayer prevents a man from entering into certain temptations. You know, I was in the office this evening and a phrase dropped into my heart. You know, what we call mistakes sometimes in our life are decisions that we made with the level of wisdom that we had. Are you following what I'm saying? At that time, it's the level of wisdom. Let's say your, your level of wisdom is, I don't know how they measure wisdom, but let's assume that your level of wisdom was 20 kilograms. And you made a decision based on that. So at the time you made a decision, you thought you were wise. That's why Paul, Paul tells us in the book of Philippians to pray for proper discernment. You know, God help me. You know, sometimes you, you pray, you pray so that when it's time to choose who to marry, you're not just going by the flesh. You know, sometimes some people married some people and after 10 years, 20 years, they ask, myself, they ask themselves, not myself, they ask themselves, 
how did we get here? What was I? You, you know, some people, have you heard some married people ask themselves, what was I thinking? Have you heard that? They say, what was I thinking that I said yes to you? What was I thinking? Then, you were not thinking destiny. You were thinking uh, flower girls. And, and match styles. And braid. And flex banners. That's what you were thinking. At that time, your level of wisdom, that was your best choice. That's why you need the Holy Spirit to help you. Because when we say a life partner, that is what is actually a partner for life. So your your future is going to be made up of this person. His decisions, his actions, his perspective, his foolishness, his wisdom, everything. Just like Adam, when um, Eve decided to partner with Satan and they did whatever they did and uh, Eve gave to Adam, when they were sending them out of the garden, Jesus, uh, the Lord did not say, well, Eve, because you were the one that caused the problem, move, go outside the garden. I want to talk to Adam. No, he sent both of them out. Because who you marry, their foolishness, will, you will reap the consequences of it. And their wisdom, you reap the consequences of it. So prayer helps you to fall from that temptation. Overcome it. So that your flesh will not go ahead of you. Even in choosing disciples, I, I, I pray we have time to go through all this. Do you realize that before Jesus chose his 12 disciples, he spent all night praying, the scripture says. And when he came down from the mountain, he had several disciples. He had several disciples at this time. When he came down from the mountain, the scripture says he chose 12 to be his apostles. Out of that all night prayer, one Judas stay entered. Without all night prayers, you will have one apostle and 11 Judases. Judas is will it be correct? The choice of your friend. There's something I heard Pastor Chris said many years ago, and myself and Pastor Mary will always talk about it. There are people in your life you should not meet. You pray. There are certain people you should not meet because immediately you meet them, you just discover from that point on it's a downward trajectory. It might not be a curse, it will just be that you have now accepted the wrong person to influence your life. Some of you were spiritual until you met somebody and fell in love with the person and embraced carnality for the sake of peace. Have you, have you heard that? For the sake of peace. Some of you were carnal until you met a spiritual person and he raised you up. And there are people you should meet. What will guide your steps is making power available. Are you following what I'm saying? See, let me tell you, every one of you sitting here and everyone listening to me, we don't know this life as much as we should know it. It is humility to go before the Lord in prayer and ask him to help us. Whether in pastoring a church, are you following that? In leading a home, in raising a child, have you seen some parents say, I've done everything I can do for this child, I don't know why this child is like, do you want me to kill myself for you? Yes. Even if you kill yourself, you discover that in your grave, the killing didn't work. 
Are you following that now? So the wisdom of God needs to be available. So, it, and, and then he told them this. You would think that after hearing this kind of serious exhortation, Jesus himself from his mouth tells three of you, keep watch so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing. and the flesh. You would think that they will stand up and say, wow, this was serious. Look at your brothers. He went away a second time praying and said, my father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. I think the father has heard. Father heard the first time. But we're talking about persistence. Jesus needed to pray until the old Pentecostals would call it feeling a sense of victory, a note of victory. He needed to pray until he's sure. Right? Until that assurance comes in the spirit. You know you've broken through in the spirit. Then he says, Again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. This is Peter. <laughs> Peter. Oh, Jesus Christ. Their eyes were heavy. That means after Jesus finished speaking and went away, and I'll talk about that maybe next week, how sometimes you need to separate yourself from people so you can pray. Peter turned to Zebedee, brother. He don't go. <laughs> he don't go. Say, my brother, it's not by prayer. <laughs> and he slept again. Jesus came back one hour later. Their eyes were heavy. Oh. <laughs> Look at what Jesus said. Verse 14. And he left them again. This time he didn't even bother to give them exhortation. Jesus tried for these disciples. You, he didn't bother. He didn't bother. He just <laughs> came. Their eyes were heavy. Jesus just went to pray. Left them again, went away, and prayed the third time. Seeing the same thing once more. He said the same thing. He repeated the same thing. What is he doing? Persistent prayer. We'll pick up from here. Persistent prayer. He said the same thing again. Because he was trying to come to this place where he can embrace the will of God for his life. Then look at what he says. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of the... Get up, let's be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. He came and let them sleep. Do you realize the scripture says Jesus was praying and from his forehead it was like droplets of blood. Imagine somebody takes you to the place of prayer. He prays the first time and he came out and he's Sweats were like droplets of blood, and the person said, Let us pray. You still were, you were able to sleep after that sight. So, you see that if you don't handle your flesh strongly, even in prayers, you will be praying and sleeping. You see, some people they want to pray, they will carry a pillow. Say, I don't want my neck to pay me in this prayer. And then they'll carry a pillow and they stretch their hands. Say, Father, we are. We have laid before you humility. That, that, is the, <laughs> that is the last sensible word they said. That was it. And they are gone. Some of you pray when you are almost about to sleep. How much power can you make available like that? And you know what Jesus did what happened? Huh? The betrayer came. And Jesus was able to call Judas friend. Do you know how? How can you forgive a man that betrays you? Some of you are battling with unforgiveness because you are prayerless. You have looked at it and said, Ah, I cannot forgive this person. 
in my life. I have reasoned it. I can forgive, but I cannot forget. So every time a miracle is closed, the enemy plays the picture of what happened again. And you, your, 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 your stomach will be biting you. Hmm? And every time you go, they say you have ulcer. You have taken all the ulcer medicine in this world. The ulcer is uncurable because it's bitterness. It's the root of bitterness there. It's not cured from the chemist. It's in the place of prayer. To forgive the unlovable, you need much power to be made available. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then Peter saw Marcus. Ah, you cannot take my master. I cannot take my master. I'm brought sword. And he thought you were, they were acting Chinese film. He would have ruined everything about redemption. You know why? No, no power. The way, the best way to have defended Jesus was to pray with him. And that's why most of us use the flesh. Anything in our life is flesh. Is flesh. They say, oh, God is bringing divine relationships your way. You now go and list your uncle that have money. Flesh, carrying sword. And start texting people. We happy new month, sir. It is well with you and your family, sir. I mean, what is that? You are carrying sword. Hmm? You are carrying sword. You want to accomplish divine purpose with natural things. And a lot of believers are like that. There is no difference between you and the man who is not born again. They use natural means, you use natural means. They lie, you lie. They steal, you steal. Because you have not trusted the place of prayer. There is a way you will pray and come out of the place of prayer and you know that God will get this thing for me. You can put your, your life on the line. You know that God heard you and God is coming through for you. And someone say, if God doesn't come through for you, you are too sure because you've seen the cloud as a man's hand. These things, child of God, I'm sorry, as your pastor, I can't help you. You have to cultivate them yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A man of God, pray for me. Man of God, pray for me. It's not a sign of growth. Will I pray for you? Yes. I also have my own responsibilities of prayer. If I will fulfill the call of God on my life, there's a prayer supply that needs to come. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? I want you to rise up in the place of prayer. Hallelujah. We're going to stand on our feet. We're going to pray for about 30 minutes, 25 minutes. You're going to pray just one prayer. Just one prayer we're praying. Lord, give us the grace to pray so we can fulfill destiny. So that your will will be done in my life. That's what we're going to pray tonight. Lift your voice and begin to pray. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.